0: Hey, Sermon Church. This is Brandon Shields, and we are back to preview an upcoming teaching series. Uh, We are moving out of Egypt, finally, uh, and we are back with spiritual formation. This is the second of our 11 core practices that we'll be teaching on over the next couple of years, and this one is prayer. And so the first series uh, we did was on Sabbath Way of Life, and remember our big kind of objective is practicing the way of Jesus together for the life of the world. And so uh, prayer as we're defining it here is conversing with God about what we are doing together. And so we're excited about uh, what's coming up. I have pastors Kent, Josh, and Bobby from our teaching team here, and we're just going to kind of talk about our hopes and dreams for this series and uh, also preview some of the resources that we've got for uh, for you. And so first question to you guys is, what are some of the hopes and the burdens that you're carrying for this series as you think about the importance of prayer for uh, our future as a community? Obviously, going back to our health survey a couple years ago, this was another one that was a struggle for us, that um, when we think about just the average person in our church uh, really – uh, it's a challenge to, to be in prayer on a regular basis. And so what are some of the things you guys are hoping to uh, communicate and some of the things you're hoping to see uh, throughout the series?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when we think about like our community not being just coding everything we're doing in prayer uh, with all of the mission, everything we want to do to go forward, seeing the kingdom move forward in the city. Uh, I remember really being, uh, just struck by a quote from, uh, Paul Miller, a praying life. when I read that book first when he just said like, you know, for those of us who find ourselves working harder rather than praying, we'll just always find ourselves a little too tired, a little bit less, uh, short on resources, a little bit short on time. Um, but for a culture that does pray, I mean, I think about a story that, um, Nate Dunleavy, one of our pastors at Summit Northwest, told when, when he and his family was pastoring a church in Argentina, and just saying that every time they had a missions group come in, they would just have them pray, pretty much from the entire time they were in, just going to different parts of the city, different places, and praying. And he said, with well, the biggest thing that always happened is every time they went home, those people would continue praying, and that would be always when the needle would move, when there would be something that would big happen, uh, that would occur in their uh, their church or in their city. It would always be the result of people seeing what's going on and beginning to pray. And so it's just a simple question why would we not want that for our church and for our city and for our world?
2: I think when I think of, of SOMA, uh, um, I think prayer strikes Really, at the root uh, of some of our temptations, uh, maybe as a church at SOMA, Um, I think as a church, we may be tempted towards self reliance. I think as Americans in general, we are tempted towards self reliance. And I think that uh, specifically as a church where we've seen uh, truthfully the hand of God blessing us in many ways, there is a tendency for us to begin to depend on ourselves. And so prayer drives us to depend on God, to cry out in desperation for God, and to recognize that for God, to advance this mission forward is not something that we're going to do in our own strength. but It is something where we need him to move. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think the second is that prayer strikes at the heart of a performance Christianity. So so often in uh, Christianity or just in religion in general, we try to perform. We try to um, live up to a particular standard in our own strength. Prayer drives us to communion. Prayer keeps that personal relationship uh, that we know we 've been created for to know the God of the universe, and it brings us away from merely religious ritual and religious performance, and drives us to communion with God
3: yeah i 'd agree with that I think that the the we talk about our Connection to God in relational terms. We we teach that here. So much of our life as a church is centered around relationship because of our relationship with God. But I think it is so easy for us to have uh, to treat God with a functionality. And so my hope for this series, as we talk about prayer, is that we would, as we talk about prayer, begin to. Uh, change our minds or root this idea and this reality deeper into our hearts that we are connected to a personal God, not a functional God, Mm. a God that wants to know us, a God that is intimately involved in every aspect of our lives. And I think prayer is, allows us to understand and to live with that whole life orientation to God. That prayer is not just uh, specific times or praying just for specific things. It's part of that. But it's not the sum total of what prayer and a praying life is about. And so my hope is that as we teach and as we talk and as we practice prayer, uh during this little series and moving forward in the life of our church that it would really begin to reshape our imagination and reshape our thinking uh more towards how God reveals himself in the scriptures that he is a personal god and that our relation to him is about knowing him and being known by him
1: can i say something else on that too and actually this is going to be a good segue too so uh, I think another burden I have for uh, this series is just seeing people expand their view of what prayer is. I think, like, in the Western American church, we often just think of prayer as a list of things I want to ask of God. And maybe thankfulness or, or like, a little bit of, like, adoration, like, sprinkled in there. Uh, but, like, I think of, I, I forget who said it uh, initially, but they talk about in You look in the Old Testament or just in Eastern spirituality, often prayer is not speaking words before God. It's getting before God and becoming silent. It's Nehemiah sitting down and just being silent before God. It's going to the edge of the city or going out in the wilderness and just being silent before God, where it's like most of us don't really have a category for experiencing prayer like that. There's so many ways of communing with God in prayer that go beyond what most of us probably learned growing up and what most of us think of now and practice now.
0: Right. Which is kind of like a monologue as opposed to a a true dialogue. Right. Um, I think for me, one of the things that uh, one of the dirty secrets that I just want to kind of get out there with our church for pastors is that prayer is not easier for us than anybody else. (laughs) I think if anything, Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's more challenging uh, the more familiar you are with the kind of the inside of the religious kind of uh, machine, so to speak, it. It's challenging For me especially, I'm such an action-oriented person, it's hard for me to believe that stopping to pray really accomplishes anything. And that's right. kind of part of the problem is it's not just about accomplishing things. It's about uh, having a relationship with God. But it is hard, and so there are many days where I just struggle to even want to pray. And so part of my hope for us is that we desire it. Um, I was reading an article this week about a woman who had walked away from Christianity in her 20s and uh, it started with her daughter falling down the steps, and she said, "I had this kind of visceral response, and I cried out to God." And then immediately, it was followed by uh, a sense of embarrassment. Like, why am I crying out to God? Like, God, it doesn't even hear me. Is he even real? You know. And I think that's a that's a natural thing for us to experience. The longer we go, it's you know, is God really there? Am I just praying to the ceiling? so that desire piece is, is important, and then the rhythms, just having a daily, one of the things that helps me want to pray more is just praying, you know, and as I pray, there's a pull into prayer, and so there's a, there's a rhythm to this that I hope that we can, we can establish, not only individually, but kind of corporately, but, but again, it, it is challenging, and I think, um, as you think about, you know, conversations you guys have with people in our church, you know, we've got stay-at-home moms, we've got young single folks that are in grad school and medical school, we've got, uh, you know, people working for the government, we've got people that are in all kinds of different life situations with lots of pressure and demands. What are some of the um, barriers that you see uh, to a real vibrant prayer life that we kind of have to just name as a community and just say, hey, that is normal, and we need to work through that together. What do you guys see as some of the challenges uh, in in pursuing this kind of lifestyle of prayer, culture of prayer?
3: I think they're very similar to the challenges that we talked about with Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, we are really, really pushed as a culture towards busyness and towards noise. And we just have a really hard time slowing down, stopping our work, stopping all of the different noise and input that we have access to. And it makes sense. You know, if, if I can't sit down and I can't slow down, if I can't turn off what everybody else is saying, then how am I going to hear from God? How am I going to have space in my life to communicate to God? I think we're also very self-conscious versus god conscious uh, our lives revolve around ourselves uh, it's much easier to think about and i think this gets back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago just our our activism our performance driven mentality uh, we want to be the ones to initiate to activate and in prayer i think real prayer forces us to acknowledge that god is the one who's the initiator you know that god is the one who he has spoken the first word and so prayer is a response prayer is a response to the word that God has spoken through nature through the scriptures ultimately through Jesus Christ that he's revealed himself to us and so I think like a lot of our self consciousness and and our and our um, tendency to just look at ourselves really hurts us and inhibits us when we think about prayer because it becomes super daunting and challenging to think about communicating with God, communicating with this completely other being, someone who is wholly different than we are, someone who at times seems completely far off and maybe even detached, to think about having to start the conversation with him uh, is, is a big deal and is a big thing. And it can be a mountain that uh, I think a lot of us in, in different seasons of our lives, uh, are either unwilling or just don't know how to climb.
1: Yeah. I think in that it's like, there's a sense that we should be better at prayer than we are. Like, it's like, Oh, it's just talking to someone, but rather than taking a practice approach, like we're trying to advocate for in the minutes of the series of saying like, no, you should probably come into this, assuming I'm probably not able to commune deeply with the God of the universe on time one. Maybe I need just a time to be bad at it for a while and just to, uh, to struggle with my mind wandering, to struggle with, with being able to still myself in the presence of God and listening prayer or something like that. And, and, and maybe even to use resources, to use, you know, prayer cards to keep me focused and to keep me moving towards something to, uh, you know, have regular rhythms and practice something I mean anything that's worth doing well is worth doing poorly. And I think so much of our sense of, oh, if I'm bad at this, then I'm failing before God just, you know, makes us quit before we really get deeply involved or, or really far down the track on it.
2: And that's where I, I think it's vital to understand that God is a God who reveals himself to us, but he is also a God who has placed his spirit within us to move us to prayer. Mm -hmm. And there are many times where you pray and you're like, I don't even know how I should be praying. I don't even know what I should be saying in this moment or how I should be responding to God. And one of the passages in in the scriptures that has been so comforting to me, I was just praying it this morning, honestly, is Romans 8, where it talks about the spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this recognition that sometimes we come before God and we just don't even know how we're we're supposed to pray to him or what we even want to say to him but thankfully god's placed his spirit within us so that even as we're stumbling through it and even as we're fumbling over our words and over these concepts and not even not even sure sometimes whether whether it's whether our prayers are doing anything but bouncing off the ceiling that the spirit is is interceding for us is praying for us mm-hmm. so we're tackling a number of topics
0: that not, might not fall under your tradition some some will and some are a little bit different than why I might fall under a traditional understanding of prayer um so let's let's lay some of these out over the next few minutes and talk through why and and what um these could look like and and the congregations are doing something a little different every congregation is doing a little bit different with some of the topics and so you'll hear some of these but you could also download some of these uh from other congregations if your congregation isn't as cool as the others in terms of what they're doing. So, uh, we're starting, uh, I think, at all congregations with uh, two topics that'll be the same uh, praying without ceasing and intercessory prayer. The idea with pray without ceasing is that all of life is essentially a, a conversation with God, that we don't have to think of just a, although we want rhythms of prayer, we also want Really, just unbroken fellowship with our with our heavenly Father, that we live life with our Father, and that He desires to to hear from us and uh, and to speak to us. Um, and then intercessory prayer, um, we could talk about a little bit. Josh, well, what's what's kind of the heart behind intercessory prayer? Sounds like something old school, and it <laughs> kind of is. <so laughs> it is a little un- bit old school. So
2: intercessions bit. just simply means standing in the place of another or uh, making request for for another. And so ultimately this is something that Jesus does for us. He prays for us and as we just talked about the spirit prays for us. But then he also calls us to pray for one another. And um, one of the, the the things that we're going to bring out especially in the in the practice guides and, and and during the sermons as well is that sometimes that's really difficult for us because we don't really know how to pray. And so one of the things we're gonna do is go back to the scriptures and see, how do the scriptures teach us to pray? What do they teach us to pray for? And so as we think of intercessory prayer, it's an opportunity to be pulled outside of ourselves. Naturally, in prayer a lot of times, we can become very self-focused. We can be thinking only about our own needs. And so it draws us out of our own self-reliance and our own self-centeredness and enables us to, um, to focus on the needs of our neighbor. And so the way that we think about intercessory prayer is connecting with God and what he's doing in the world. And God invites us not just to connect with him relationally, but also to connect with him on the mission that he is carrying out in the lives of other people in the world.
0: So that, yeah, you think about the structure of the Lord's prayer. That's kind of the flow, right? Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So there's a God consciousness, as Bobby said, and then your kingdom come, your will be done. There's that intercession for the world around us, for God's kingdom to come, and his will to be done in us and among us and through us. Then comes give us our, to give us our daily bread. Right. Then comes forgiveness. Then comes temptation. And so not that our needs don't matter. It's just uh, this intercessory piece is kind of the first movement before we get to ourselves, which is ten. So we tend to think of it as the opposite right that's right
2: that's right and that's why specifically thinking about intercessory prayer i think will help to pull us outside of ourselves so that um we begin to to to, to live lives of love for god and love for our neighbor
0: so then we have uh two we'll be doing a little bit different the next ones we have lament can't you want to preview that for a second the idea yeah, of lament
1: I, yeah i think i mean i'm excited about that as a concept because you know, uh, there was a study, I think, done recently on contemporary Christian music, not to like jump on them, but like that, you know, 80 to 90 percent of all the topics covered were like positive worship, you know, adoration, you know, ecstasy, which is like good and right and true. love, man, positive exactly. and encouraging, and it, right? Oh, and as it should be. But <laughs> at the same time. Uh, there was just a recognition that it 's like leaving the entire experience of human emotion that is negative out of the public sphere when it comes to christianity, and that 's probably something that 's particularly an offense of just the American Church of just wanting to always push towards you know the exciting and the missional and the worshipful, which are again good, but there 's so much of the scripture so much of the Psalms are written of a place of lament or frustration or anger or fear. I mean, we've talked about this in our emotion series before, but yet we don't know how to do that well. I mean, not as individuals and definitely not as a group. And so just finding places, I mean, there's been experiences I've heard of, you know, communities that have, um, pressed into lament as a community and people have just come forward saying you know this was the first time that I've really been able to process the grief of the loss of a son, the son, loss of, of, of a job, the loss of these things as a community together and actually receive healing with the body before God.
0: Yeah and we're typically taught that those things are out of bounds and right. what the Psalms teaches us for instance is actually God wants us to name those and that bring them to him. Yeah. Um Bobby, uh, one of the one of the, I'm very interested in uh, with that you guys are doing at Northwest is uh, singing prayer. Uh, unpack that for us, because I, I know not all of us feel super confident in our singing abilities, and so that, that one may be counterintuitive and new
3: for some folks. I would bet that if you ask most Christians uh, to rate their prayer life, It would be one of those topics where we would all say, like, man, I'm not doing, I'm not praying enough. Uh, I'm not praying like I should. I need to pray more. But what if we thought about the fact that every time we gather as a church, uh, we sing? What if we looked at those songs that we sing corporately at church that you sing in the car or in the shower or in, you know, your quiet time, whatever it might be? What if we began to look at those songs as prayer just in another form? Instead of speaking the words, we're singing the words. And Kent, you mentioned, I mean, the prayer book of the Bible is the Psalms, the, 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 the collection of these poetic works that many of them were set to music. They were sung together. And so uh, at Soma Northwest, we're, we're going to go through, uh, as we look at singing prayer, the Psalms of Ascent. Uh, So Psalms chapter through uh, 120 through 134 and these were just a collection of songs that as these Israelite pilgrims were making their way to Jerusalem to worship and to celebrate uh, at the temple they were actually climbing up because Jerusalem was at a higher point than the rest of of, of the land and so many of these Israelites were coming from places outside of Jerusalem they were coming into worship and they would sing these songs together as prayers to the Lord as as a way as they were physically walking up and ascending um, uh, with their bodies up to Jerusalem, they were also um, giving their prayers and their worship they were sending that up to God and so I think what we want to talk about is just how as a, a community of people and as individuals when we sing when we sing a song about god 's greatness. We are praying to God in adoration and praise. When we're singing about thanksgiving, we're praying a a song, a psalm of thanksgiving. When we are singing songs about um sin and pain and hurt and just the longings that we have that aren't fulfilled in this world, we are singing lament. Uh, and when we're singing about Christ's return and we're singing about um, the, the kingdom of God and the realities of those things, we're singing songs of hope and, and expectation. And so that not only involves just our singing voices, but involves like lifting our hands. Like why do, we, why do we lift our hands up? Why do we put our hands out? Why do we dance sometimes and move around? Why do we hold hands sometimes when we sing? All of these things with our bodies as we sing our ways in which we are approaching God in prayer and orienting ourselves um, to communicate with him and respond to him on the basis of what he has revealed to us through Jesus, through the scriptures, through his spirit living inside of us. That's awesome. This is really
0: exciting, and I I can't wait for these topics, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to go through this together. Um, As we wrap up here, we have uh, specifically Bobby and Josh have kind of put together some resources for us, um, and those are going to be going out live on our website this week uh, at somaindy.com, and so I just want to point out and preview some of those resources. Guys, can you give us just a little bit of a, a sneak peek at what you've been working on for the church in terms of helping us engage with this series?
2: Yeah. So uh, as as we did with uh, the series on Sabbath and silence and solitude, we'll have uh, some blog posts written by folks uh, from our congregations, um, just sharing how they have worked prayer into the rhythms of their own life and uh, how they have grown uh, independence on God through these things. We'll have uh, another podcast coming up where we'll be talking with some, some folks uh, from the Northwest congregation, specifically on intercessory prayer, which I'm really excited uh, to hear about. And then, of course, the, the practice guides for you to Work through uh, in your missional communities, in your discipleship groups, as a as a family. Um, all of those practice guides uh, each week will have four different practices that we'll be looking through. And so, uh, we've got one on praying without ceasing, one on intercessory prayer, one on the prayer of examine, which I think will be really helpful for us to work as a rhythm into our lives, and then one as Bobby was talking about. On singing prayer and in each of those weeks you'll have an overview a brief overview of the practice and then ways for you to practice that as a community right then and right there and then ways for you to continue practicing it just suggestions to get you thinking about how do we practice this throughout the week and then one of the pieces that uh, we've added um, this this particular uh, series is suggestions for families with kids on ways to practice this with your family, on ways to begin uh, training children and, and be, begin creating a culture of prayer in your family.
0: All right. Well, this is, uh, these are great resources. Thank you guys for your hard work on this. Again, you can go to somaindy.com and uh, click on resources, and you can actually go to... What is the link? I'm missing to series excuse me you go to so many.com go to series you'll see the spiritual formation uh you can click on that and then uh download again i want to encourage everybody to download the spiritual formation plan and uh be thinking about how you can integrate this into your larger broader spiritual formation plan our goals for everybody who wants to to fill out a plan and to be thinking intentionally about how they'll lean into uh, formation and growth this year. So all that's available. Um, you can unlock those by clicking on the icon on that uh, spiritual formation page. So guys, thanks for your time today. Looking mm-hmm. forward to uh, engaging here over the next couple weeks leading up to Easter in, in this series of prayer.